This is the EdTech Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. sitting there with a pen and paper. Virtual reality is an interesting medium where students can access a wide range of content. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm your host, Tyler Kern, and joining me here in the Market Scale Studios is Dr. Jane Moore. Dr. Jane, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. She's the Strategic Professional Development Specialist at iStation. And then we also have Georgia Thompson. Georgia, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Excited. Yes, I'm excited to to have you guys here. Georgia is the trainer and implementation specialist as well. And so today we're talking about technology and early literacy. And like it or not, technology is really continuing to play a larger role in our lives every day. It's beginning to touch just kind of every aspect of our lives. And education is no different. Um, And so today we're going to explore how technology really does impact early literacy and uh, explore some of those topics a little bit more. So before we get too far, let's kind of... uh, define our terms here. So what is early literacy? Uh, Dr. Jane, let's, let's start with you. Just it's in your mind, what is early literacy? Well, it's the acquisition of the uh, four main uh, components or uh, skills that children need uh, to be literate, uh, speaking, listening, writing, reading, the skills that they need to be able to be literate. Absolutely. Well, and I'd probably just add to that, it's the foundational skills or um, it's those skills that, like Jane said, they have to have before they can learn to read and write. And we expect them to develop those uh, at an early age. So thus the term early literacy. And it's happening. We're expecting children to acquire those skills earlier and earlier and to come to school prepared to even acquire more. That's a really good point. And one of the things that I think about when I think about technology and education nowadays is that I see kids younger and younger able to operate an iPad, work on a cell phone and things like that. It's almost as though uh, technology and education is starting to meet kids where they are in their home lives, where they are used to interacting with, with things like this. Has that been your experience as well? Absolutely. I have seven grandchildren under the age of seven. And my two-year-old grandson just goes to town better with Mario cars than in, my son ever was when he was 14. So it, it's amazing to see the kids uh, actually interacting with the uh, electronic media that's out there for them right now. And I think it's, uh, it's developmental. So the way that kids used to um, or still do learn to handle books and book and print awareness, they're now learning developmentally the same with technology. So they may start out exploring technology and then they become more experts as they go along. So it's developmentally appropriate too. Absolutely. You know, I, I see these I see these kids and they're so young, but they're better with iPads than I am with the one that's sitting in front of me right now. And it's kind of phenomenal to see. So um, the challenge then becomes how to exactly harness that and put it into an educational setting. And that's something that uh, ha- has become increasingly important uh, as the years have gone on and as kids have gotten more comfortable with, with this technology. Probably within the last 20 years, you know, way back, um, I think one of the things that Back uh, in year 2000, when we had the National Reading Panel, which was, um, I think, even 1998, that President 
Clinton set up a panel and they were going to look at programs, reading programs that were scientifically based or research based and to find out what were those pillars of early literacy and um, one of the, they of course talked about what the, the pillars are and we work for iStation and iStation is based on those pillars but they also made some of the, a few of their comments were that technology does support early literacy, that it's very effective, but that more research needs to be done. So that was kind of the beginning. That was 20 years ago. Wow, that's that's incredible. Just that even 20 years ago, we were having this conversation. And then just to see the speed with which we move now when it comes to technology, what studies have been done recently that might support the idea that technology really does benefit early literacy? There have been several people that have discussed and looked at how uh, the simultaneous uh, advantage of using print as well as sound, as well as animation, how it's really speeding along those acquisition skills that we want our children to have. So it's that simultaneous. And then we have uh, people that have looked at specific programs and how it scaffolds student learning, how it provides the instruction within what they're able to do and, and looking at uh, the social interaction that we're, we expect of children to have. But it also um, can serve as an effective mediator between the child and that social construction that needs to take place in order for them to build a good, strong foundation and comprehension. Um, I'll just kind of add to it. We had um, a Dr. Rebecca Putnam that um, she looked at she did a study, which was an experimental design, and she had a control group and a treatment group. So one group had no technology, so it was non-digital, and the other group did. And what she found, her results showed that, I think it was 17 point something percent of the variance was due to the technology, and those kids did that, they were that much higher. That's incredible. Now, are there ways that are more effective to integrate technology into a classroom than others? How can this be done in a way that um, is ultimately be as beneficial as possible for the student? I think one of the things that's nice about iStation is that it's blended learning model. So we never take the teacher out of the equation. The teacher is the most important part. They are the ones that look at the data. They're the ones that act on the data. They're the ones that decide how many minutes the child needs to be on. But we really encourage that social interaction. While the kids are on the computer, they, are, they need to be talking about what they're doing uh, and be very interactive with it, uh, and hopefully with either a peer or a significant adult where they are able to um, bounce back and forth and, and actually understand what each other's understandings are of what's being presented. We hope um, most schools nowadays have computer labs. So we hope and um, encourage that they set up a routine or a schedule where classes have the opportunity to go in once a week and they can work in the computer lab. If that's not possible, they can set up um, stations or centers in their classroom where the teacher might be working. Like Jane said, we never take the teacher out of the, out of the prospect of working with the kids. So the teacher may be working with a small group 
Another group will be working with iPads or Chromebooks or working with computers so that it becomes, we don't want to have, um, like here we're working on the curriculum and over here is technology. We want it integrated into the classroom. And there are lots of opportunities during the day, like if it extends what the classroom is able to do. So if you're studying, let's say we're going to study Mexico, we can take a virtual tour of Mexico. And the kids, even though they may never get to Mexico, they can see the what the people look like, what the, the landforms are, what the animals are. So they can take a virtual tour that extends what the teacher would be able to do. So I think there are lots of ways that, that it can be integrated into already what the, what the teacher's doing. We never want it to replace the teacher. It doesn't supplant. It just supplements what the teacher would be able to do. It also allows the teacher to find culturally and linguistically relevant stories, games, music, and activities. It allows children to actually access it in their own language, so you could toggle back and forth often uh, between around here, a lot of Spanish and English. Um, it also allows for that good parent communication where we have to talk to parents about how their kids are uh, acquiring skills and at what level they are. And so it's nice to be able to have concrete evidence. and graphs and charts that show parents, look at the progress your child has made. Can I go ahead? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I was just thinking, um, one of the ways that a lot of our teachers assess our kids is by doing running records and sitting with the kids and let the child reads out loud and the teacher's taking little notes and mm -hmm. anecdotal records. Well, iStation is going to add a new feature this year, which is oral reading fluency, where the students will be able to read into the microphone and do a running record online, which is going to save the teacher so much time. Plus, they can take it home and listen to the child in their pajamas, and they don't have to be sitting next to the child at school. So there are new features that are always being developed for technology. That's really incredible. And I, I, what I really appreciate about what both of you have said is just that um, I think when some people hear technology, they hear, oh, we're replacing the teacher, but that's not what you're doing. What you're trying to do is enable the teacher as much as possible, freeing them up to be able to uh, assist students as the best they possibly can. So really you're enabling teachers, not dismissing them or taking them away. Absolutely. We, we pride ourselves in, in making the teacher's job easier to actually get deeper yeah. and to understand where the child uh, weaknesses as well as strengths are. Now, does iStation have resources for teachers? Because uh, one of the things I, I tend to think of when it comes to ed tech is if students are coming in and they're ready to go in some cases using iPads and things like that, are there resources for teachers to make sure that they uh, feel fully comfortable using the technology so that they're able to help students to the best of their abilities? We do. Um, when the assessment identifies what areas the student might be weakest in, we have teacher-directed lessons that the teacher can access with a couple of clicks of the button um, right at their fingertips. We have what we call um, projectable lessons. So um, if you have a Parmethean or an interactive whiteboard, the teacher is able to project lessons onto that for a small group or even a whole class if they wanted to use it with the whole class. We have books 
that can be printed or read online or projected. So we have a lot of uh, different resources and materials available. Well, I think one of the things that's really good about what we have, too, is that we can help that teacher target the standards. You know, we have, we're such a standards-based curriculum now, and the teachers have, they're driven to accomplish certain units or uh, finite pieces of um, learning that we have things that you can quickly get and access materials that will help support the teacher in the classroom in a variety of ways. You know, you can use the animation from the projectable lessons. You can use the paper, pencil, and manipulatives from the uh, teacher-directed lessons. Uh, once again, there's that teacher and the power that we give the teachers in order to make a lot of decisions for the classrooms based on the assessment, you know, the formative assessment that lets us know where the children are and what they need in order to um, be skillful readers and uh, acquiring that language. I think when I hear you talk about assessments, and it feels more like we're talking about students as individuals rather than a collective group, which I think is big when it comes to early literacy and, and young students, is just that you're able to view the student as an individual to know where they are specifically, not where the class is, maybe on a collective level. Right, and we have kids coming into school that have had pre-K, they've had kindergarten, they're already reading when they enter school, and then we have those students that come in that still are learning to write their name, and uh, they're kind of starting off where they need a whole lot, and iStation provides that, and we target and pinpoint exactly if they don't know their letters and their sounds, if they still need listening comprehension before we even get to reading comprehension. We can target those areas, and um, I think one of the things that technology does so well is to close the achievement gap with those kids that have it already and those that don't. So um, iStation does that really well at trying to um, provide equity, not only to um, like our ELs, our second language students, our uh, special ed, our special needs students. So it kind of levels the playing field for, for kids. Yeah, and, and the International Literacy Association, um, you know, told us that meaningful use of digital resources can substantially diminish that language and literacy difference between the low economic student and their uh, higher um, student, their peers with a higher affluent. There was a study done a long time ago. We both, when we were working on our doctorate, um, remember there, Hart and Reesley did a study where they looked at early learners like young kids in, in the homes. They did a longitudinal study and they went into the homes of families and they looked at kids with professional families, affluent, and then kids with low SES and low poverty. And there was a, a word gap of 30 million words Wow! by the time the kids come into school. So the fact that technology can help to bridge that gap and it works so well um, on vocabulary with kids. And iStation's really good at targeting those pillars, which I don't know if we've mentioned. It's uh, the, this is what came out of the National Reading Panel. And mm -hmm. even though it was 20 years ago, it's still true. It's uh, phonemic awareness, phonics, vocabulary, comprehension, and oral reading fluency. 
and those are the pillars that the kids need to develop in. And you both have spent time in the classroom, so while we'd like to believe that every student enters at the same level, we, we all know that that's not the case, that uh, the background of a student, what their home life is like, have drastic effects on their abilities in the classroom, especially when they first get to school. And so um, having something that is able to help target some of those weaknesses and bring them up to speed, I think, is something that is necessary and really does. I think you mentioned level the playing field, I think, is something that's that's very, very key. It helps the children build that background knowledge, too. A teacher can virtual take them on virtual field trips to the beach when they're reading about the beach, and a, a child in the inner city may never have been to the beach. Mm-hmm. And so it builds that comprehension. It builds that language that they need in order to uh, actually be uh, good conversationalists. A couple of days ago, um, our governor, Governor Abbott, signed a finance bill that's going to provide the funding for uh, pre-K to four for those kids full day that qualify. So that tells us if the legislature is willing to put some money into it and fund that, that's how important early literacy is. So hopefully more and more kids will have the opportunity to go to pre-K and to go to kindergarten and will come in not so far behind. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I mentioned a second ago, both of you have been teachers, you know, for for periods of your career. How has that experience in the classroom really informed how you approach what you do now with iStation? Well, Well, both of us, even though we were, (laughs) we kind of followed along the same pathway, even though at the beginning we didn't know each other. Um, But I was a first grade teacher for so was I. she was for about 10 years. We both had the opportunity to go into reading recovery. So did Jane. Um, at that point, we didn't really know each other. We were in the same suburban school district. But I think, um, and Jane, I know Jane will say this too, reading recovery changed the way that I look at how kids, thanks to Maury Clay, the way that kids learn to read and write and what we can do to help those struggling kids. And we we took a year's worth of training. And that really did change the way I look at early literacy. And what's nice is that uh, a lot of the the curriculum writers at iStation also have similar backgrounds. And so uh, we are a company of teachers, for teachers, and so a lot of the teachers that are writing the the teacher-directed lessons are using a lot of the um, concepts and uh, skills that the kids need to uh, practice with to be fluent readers. You know, I think when people think of technology, maybe just in general, they picture Silicon Valley. And so they think it's a company of 20-somethings that have never been teachers, never been in the classroom before or had that experience. And that's not the case with you. So I appreciate that there is experience that informs your view and your vision for for what you do at iStation. Well, I think our experience really... um does when it comes to reading and no doubt it was a learning curve for me to learn technology and to because I wasn't a digital native of course and you know didn't really um, we use the computer uh, in the classroom but until I went to iStation I didn't really become that proficient and so it's been a learning curve no doubt but and I think in our uh, last 20 years or so in our career, we also have been uh, coaches and coaching teachers and in professional development. And we find that a lot of the teachers in the early grades 
uh, are not very comfortable with technology. Um, some of the younger teachers are, but not the ones that are, uh, have been around a while. And they're not informed on how the technology can help their classroom. They don't know how to go about being intentional. They look at technology as something that happens to the kids in the classroom instead of a collaborative uh, effort that they can make with that technology. And I think once the, that teachers realize how technology can save them time, uh, teaching time, they don't have to spend all the time they used to assessing kids and where it would take, like when I first started, it would take me a couple of weeks to get all my kids assessed. Nowadays, you can take them, if you have the luxury of going into a computer lab, you can assess your whole class in 30 to 40 minutes and know immediately how to start and where to start with the kids. But I think a lot of teachers, if they haven't used, for for example, a program like iStation, then they don't realize all the benefits and how it can really extend them. Like it measures and records the development that students uh, are acquiring. It can document their growth. It can help the teacher plan appropriate activities per child. Um, you can share information with the parents and the families so that they can better extend the learning for their students. Um, it can extend the learning that the teacher's doing in the classroom because she can choose uh, or he can choose an appropriate lesson for the student. Um, and exposes to the, the children to objects and vocabulary especially. I, I love the way iStation does it because they have an animation or a picture. The children encounter the word in text and they hear the word. So we're using uh, multimodal in order for children to actually um, experience a word. And it's, it's an amazing opportunity for teachers to use. And that really benefits a lot of our bilingual dual language teachers. So when they're teaching English and they project a word and they can give them the picture or the image with it, and the same when they're working on the Spanish, they can do the same thing. And a lot of our teachers do that. They use the technology to better extend the, the visual for the kids with the vocabulary. I think, too, teachers need to uh, really realize that they have the opportunity to uh, shrink that divide with equity of uh, access to technology. In our low socioeconomic, they may not have quite the experience with technology that the the uh, other students in their classroom may have, and so a teacher has that opportunity to shrink that. That's really fascinating. And some a lot of this stuff, I don't know that was fathomable maybe 20 years ago. So things have moved so fast. Are there things that you see coming in the future, maybe in the next 10 years that you think will continue to excite and continue to innovate in this space? Is there anything that that um, excites you right now about, about what could come in the future? Well, I think augmented reality. I think we just we saw a merge. A we saw, yeah, we went a to a conference. Cube. A merge cube about has us so fascinated. And, and you know, Osmos and the things that uh, parents can go to Walmart and get for their kids that are surpassing some of the experiences they have in the classroom. It's, we're just not quite up to date in the classroom with some of what they get out there in the uh, general public and experience. So it's, it's it was, yeah. Uh, we always, we always go to the technology fair or the conference once a year to see what's new. Um, we went into a truck that was called Z Space, and it, it's fascinating what is 
coming in the future. And I'm sure a lot of that will come into educational technology also. And, you know, we, I guess the one caution is we don't want to, it's so much fun, but we don't want to use technology just for technology's sake. You know, Jane talked about we want it to be intentional. We want it to be um, appropriate for the child. So we've got to look at the child, how old are they? They need to look at the content and make sure that the content is appropriate. And then, you know, how are they going to connect it and integrate it into the classroom? But it, the, what's new is really amazing and fascinating. And I think it'll it'll be in the classrooms faster than than Probably. we know. Yeah. I love what you said. Not technology for technology's sake, but keeping the student and the teacher at the heart of it, I think, is important. And I think that's really shown and and come across really, really well during this podcast. Just that that is the message of iStation. And so, um, I, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to learn uh, a little bit more about what you guys do. And uh, I, I really appreciate you guys stopping by and having this conversation today. So, thank you so much for joining me. Thank, thank you for having us. Yes, it was fun. Thanks a lot. <laughs>